Welcome back to the FNF Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. Before we get to our guest, who is a well-known coach, author, and advisor to camp directors, I'll remind you that we continue to produce daily content on FNFcoaches.com. Visit the site to check out stories about how the pandemic is impacting football across the country. Also, subscribe to the FNF Coaches Podcast on your preferred platform. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and most of the popular outlets. Today's guest is Anthony Stone, who is a quarterback's coach at Boylan High School in Rockford, Illinois. He's also the defensive coordinator and assistant head coach, or he was, for the 2017 Women's Australian National Outback team and writes blogs for Huddle and our friends at First Down Playbook. Coach Stone is also the founder of the Back to the Basics Camp Program. This includes organizations that are located in the United States as well as other countries around the world. And he has also authored the Back to the Basics series of football drill manuals. Coach Stone, thanks for joining the podcast. It's hard to believe you had time with all that other stuff going on. <laughs> hey, thank hey, thank you for so much for having me. We, I mean, we just went back to school and uh it's been it's been very wonderful. The the staff that I work with at my school, they've been doing a great job and you know, I found out that in Illinois we're start we can we can have practice again. So like we rained out, so we're going to start next week. So thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm happy to have you. It's uh you know, you've got, you've done a lot of different things. Like I said, you started the podcast, so it's always interesting to talk to guys who have podcasts. You're an author, you know, which I've always wanted to write books and then also in addition to that, you know, the coaching. I love, you know, I love football. I love talking to coaches. So it's uh you've you've hit the whole spectrum. Where are you? I, I we have a state by state return plan on our website um, at fnfcoaches.com in terms of state. I don't have them all memorized. Where is Illinois? When are you planning on playing your your season? Uh, yeah, so in Illinois, the IHSA that's the uh, you know governing body of Illinois. They have said uh, we are starting in February, and uh, I thought we were going to have like a you know we have a seven game schedule starting late February. And things like that so there'll be snow on the ground so you know it's going to be like the opposite of basket like the nfl the uh, i'm sorry the high school playoffs because usually you start hot and then you go cold now we're going to go freezing cold to hot you know what i mean so the passing teams will really love it when we get to april and march and stuff yeah but, that's uh, that's interesting i i've covered i live in massachusetts so it's oh, that, that's yes. that's what it is up here it's uh you start and guys are gassed in the beginning of the year because it's still summer, and you know they're you, you have to worry about the passing game. Obviously, stands out at that point in the season because it's the guys who are the fastest on the turf. And then, as the season goes on, it's you know comes down to the offensive and defensive lines. How is that going to affect the season? That's going to be crazy, I would think. Well, I, I think it's going to be great. I mean, the only thing I was shocked is like I thought we were going to play like the teams like the first seventh games, or we're going to alternate. But then supposedly someone whoever runs our league um like the you know our conference the nick 10 they like put us with our hard teams and we don't i don't mind and we don't mind it you know but it was funny how we're, we changed the schedule around so we were prepping for jefferson and now we get harlem and harlem just like jefferson's are really good teams so it was it's a cool thing because like you know harlem's a team that throws the ball around like you know they have this this guy that throws the ball around everywhere and it'll be interesting to see how they game plan and everything and we we are like a two-headed monster. We can throw or run. I mean, we're, we try to stay balanced and things like that. Our head coach does a great job with that stuff. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, when it's all said and done. 
Yeah, it is interesting because I've followed, uh, like I said, I live in Massachusetts. I didn't grow up here, so I'm not necessarily a Patriots fan, but I've lived here for, you know, almost 20 years now. So I followed them for a while. And I always find watching the Patriots, like sometimes in the worst conditions, they have the most aggressive game plans. And Brady will put, you know, he's not there anymore, obviously, but in his heyday, he used to put up, you know, I remember this game against the Tennessee Titans. It was... uh, over you know it was like the first huge snowfall of the year they got like 18 inches in the you know probably 12 hours before the game and then the Patriots didn't even clean it off the field they were just like hey we're playing in it that's what it is and um Brady threw six touchdowns in the game because the idea was like look you know as long as your offensive lineman can hang in there you know you're running back trying to run on this stuff it's not going to be He's not going to be able to cut. He's not going to be able to plant his foot. You know, he's going to have, you're basically just asking him to run over people. Whereas wide receiver versus corner in snow, you know, like the wide receiver knows where he's going. The corner has no idea and he's trying to make the cut. He falls down. So I almost think even if like, if it's just cold and it's windy, you know, that, that, what, how how do you play the conditions when it, when it's February in Illinois? Yeah, it's it, it's insane. I I don't know if you've uh, followed us or heard about what happened to us in the quarters this past year. You know, we got all the way to the semis this year. Two years ago, we went to the quarters, but this this year, this past year, I'll just give you a little story because to answer your question, we played a team called Sycamore High School. They're really good in Illinois, and they came to our house, and it was a mud bath. I've ne- I played in muddy games as a player, and I've coached them, but like I'm telling you right now. The, the field was should have been like pretty much the game should have been canceled by the end of the first quarter because teams could not move around. And if you Google, like I just say playoffs, this is supposed to be like one of the top 10 games of all time now, because offensively, you know, it, it's sad for us. I mean, we came out, we scored right away and we were thinking, Oh, this is going to be great. And we thought, even though they were really great and stuff, the game was low scoring. And I don't know if you heard about this, Dan, we did not have one offensive possession in the fourth quarter at all not one and we still scored two touchdowns and the same guy returned fumbles on their plays twice and we still won the game with five seconds left i don't know if, that, if that's if you think that's pretty amazing i think as an offense i mean that, for me as a quarterback's coach running back's coach for our team i was a little disappointed up in the box but <laughs> our team just rallied together and finding ways to win Oh yeah. It is amazing. You'll take you know that. what I mean? Yeah. And the snow, like when you play in snow, it's hard. Like it's like getting tackled on the thing. We we were on grass at the time. Like now our first couple games, all the teams are playing on turf the first couple weeks. So by scheduling that, that was smart, but you know, still it's like falling on concrete. Right. So mm-hmm. telling the kids to pad up and things like that. I know we, it was funny because that one player that ran back those two scores, I don't know if he changed his shoes or whatever, or got different spikes, but you could tell like when you're on mud or when you're in snow and things and you're slipping and sliding, if you don't have the proper equipment, like the shoes or whatever, that makes a whole lot of difference. It doesn't matter what brand you have, but if you have those short cleats, when you're in mud, it really doesn't help you out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like when you're in snow, if, if you're like on rock and you have like metal cleats, you're slipping and sliding just like we used to do back in the old days. Cause that's what I wore metal. I wore the, the, the cleats with the, the replaceables yeah where kids where kids nowadays it's like what are those coach stone and i'm like huh, you better google it guys it's like the, it's like the freaking uh 
a Walkman. They didn't know what a Walkman was, you know what I mean? Or a boom box, you yeah. know? So, but yeah, it's going to be interesting with all the snow and everything. And, you know, I can't, I can't wait. Kids can't wait. I I've been talking to the quarterbacks via, you know, uh, our, our, our status with our video and our, our apps I use for them. And they've really, really are ready to get out there and do something. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. Yeah. Has it been hard? You know, I've been watching, I'm sure you have too. You've been seeing stuff on Twitter, you know, teams posting videos of games or you've been reading about it. Like, has it been hard to see all these other states? And there are a couple right around you guys that have opened up already and started playing football, right? Yeah. Like Indiana, Iowa, they're playing uh, Arkansas. I mean, I know they're a little bit further South, but yeah, I, you know, the biggest thing is I like is, you know, having a big family with five kids and a beautiful supportive wife that I don't know how she lets me like travel and, you know, she's at every single game on Friday night, even though she's our PTO president uh, for the last year, this year, and two years like this last couple of years. But, you know, it, it's hard, but it's also good with the family time and things like that. And seeing my little ones grow up, it's good to do that. And, you know, even on Friday nights, like right now, I'll, if you, if you guys ever hear this, or I know, for, I know you guys love this stuff, you know, just drop a link you know, Hey, who's playing on Friday, right? A hashtag or something. Cause I'll, I'll watch your game. I love watching football. Uh, I love watching high school better than the pros because you know, those guys are getting paid where the high school kids, you know, are, are, they're just in it for like the, the thing. And you don't have like one dominant team. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And where yeah. like in the NFL and college, like if you're a power five, you should be winning every game. No offense. If yeah. you're a power five team, you should be winning every game. And, if you're not, then that coach is not there. You know, that's all it is. And I think by watching a high school game, if so if you're not playing right now and you and you have a chance to watch one, I would definitely just watch one. You know, I watched one this past weekend. I'm not going to say what I watched, but, you know, they're like me being in the box. I, I mean, I could see things already happening before it happens. You know, I'm like, oh, this team's probably going to run it this way. And then I'm watching the game and, uh, you know, my son's watching it with me because he misses football too. And all of a sudden, like, I'm like, why is this team not moving the safety over? They're in trips open and like, they got the wide side of the field. I'm like, why don't you just screen them or just throw a bubble? And then this team like did a sprint out, not a sprint out. They just dropped back. Right. And the the other team, it knew exactly where they were going. So I'm like, Oh, that's, that's why I don't break down film every day for every team that asked me to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they, they knew exactly what was going on where I as a, as a defensive coach or whatever, an offensive coach, I would have threw that bubble right now on that on that fourth down. It was instead of throwing that across the middle, where I'm like, you're throwing in the traffic. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, I would say, just like drop a link down, and like I love to watch games all the time when I'm not doing it. Streaming them, you're talking about? On, yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of teams streaming them on YouTube yeah. and things like that. I mean, yeah, that's something you should do for coaches. Like, I mean, like with me, I I can handle it, right? Because. I mean, I can like step away where some coaches, they, they're going crazy. I don't know if you know that, Dan. Yeah. I know a lot of coaches on our staff, they're going crazy. They don't have football right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, say, and it's nice that you can kind of mix it. Well, not that, I mean, it, with your parenting, you can get your son to join you. So it's not like, Hey, I'm going to go sit in a room by myself and watch this game. You can kind of be like, Hey, you know, I'll t- at least take five kids must be crazy, but I mean, I'll, I'll take one of the kids and we'll go do this. But <laughs> it's uh it's a handful. I mean, like, but that 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 kind of brings it like during the pandemic, like coaches, I feel like 
you know, we reached out to a lot of coaches right at, in mm. May, June, and they were like, oh, the one thing that I'm grateful for is that I've been around my family so much and I've got to appreciate so much time with my family. But I feel like in a lot of ways, we, you know, coaches have bought ourselves some uh, some goodwill in terms of like we can really <laughs> dig into football season now, right? Yeah, like they they don't have to like – I mean, after a game, it's funny if – if after a Friday night game, if I'm not flying on a plane to go do a football camp with my back to the basics or doing a gridiron girls with Jen Walter for Adidas, I'm literally, I'm at home watching film. My wife's downstairs because the kids are asleep because they just got back from the game. And usually it's cold or hot or whatever, you know, and I bring home a pizza like when I'm not traveling and uh, me and my wife just sit down and just talk about the week because, you know, during the week you can't do it. And that's the art thing, Dan. If you think about this, I mean, divorces possibly happen because you know what I'm saying with football coaches, because some of them, some of them are never home. And now they're home more and they're, then the wives are like, no, I don't want you home. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, just jokingly, but you, like you said, though, it's goodwill. And I think it's good for some of the coaches that don't get that as much as like myself. And, you know, I, I appreciate where I'm at because I get to leave practice when offense is over and I get to go see my kids play sports. And that's one thing I love. Our, our coaches like Bruce Arians go to go to your go to your son or daughter's thing and don't miss don't miss it like that or I'm gonna get rid of you. So yeah. Coach Catchatori does a great job for letting me do that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's you're right about the divorce stuff too. I like when I read it, I'm always like, yeah, divorces are up. That makes total sense. You you pack people <laughs> in a house and you're isolated and like you know anything that's bound to happen will happen a little bit quicker. So I yeah. never like chalked it up to like, oh, they, they might have been happily married anyway for 25 more years. I just Correct. was like, this was probably something that was bound to happen anyway. But but who knows? You know, like it's it's a weird circumstance right now where you really have to dig in and be, um, you know, try to keep it as positive as you can. What about the camps? Are you you said you're are you still traveling right now or what's happening with them? So, yeah. So with my company, Coach Stone Football, you can go to CoachStoneFootball.com for uh, all my stuff. What I did was uh, I shut down my camps. So, because I think it, it was for the best thing, right? I had five, I, had, I know I had eight camps scheduled for this year. Uh, my last one would have been like right around August. And uh, with Jen Walter, with her Green Iron Girls camps, she shut hers down too, because we just thought it was better to shut them down. I did do a social distance flag camp for a, a park district in my town. I thought that was pretty nice, but uh those are shut down. The, the one thing my company is doing right now, and I don't know if you guys know about this, um, is I have created a coaching accreditation program for the whole country of Australia, uh, for Gridiron Australia. So if coaches want to get certified, they go through, GA has hired my company to build a coaching accreditation program for their whole country. So it's pretty sweet. And I partner with Atavis. Uh, tackling and uh, shortly we're going to do a press release about this and it's going to be really cool and uh, we have a lot of coaches right now inside this program working it and I want to thank Kevin Wilson, Darren Mitchell, the whole GA board, all the states in Australia for for giving me this task and I would say by the end of you know probably the end of next month all the cl- all the all the courses will be done. Right now they have testing 19 courses. So, and that's just for the coordinators. That's coordinator courses and head coach courses. That's not, and, and then flag and tackle bar. 
that's that's a lot of courses i don't know and that's not even talking about the courses that are already live for the program yeah there's 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 a lot of courses that are the coaches are doing it and they ask for a specific system to go back to the basics and you know phase one is complete phase two is being tested right now and then all the coaches that are inside right now will be able to dig that once it's completed with all the voiceovers and then phase three is where i go to the country and i actually film every single one of my drills and put it into a watch game film account for all the coaches to have for free so that's pretty amazing and you you know how many books i have out i have a lot right yeah so over i have over 200 drills that coaches will get so and then having the atavis drills too is just making it a win-win situation yeah, I didn't even realize football was catching on like that in Australia, but that's a that's a nice gig to be able to travel there and and teach uh camps and clinics. I feel like you've kind of threaded the needle in terms of finding these exotic, not exotic, but I mean like fun countries to travel to and also spread the spread the game and make the game more popular in countries where, you know, obviously it's not as big in the US. Where where are some of your favorite places to lead camps? Uh, my favorite places, uh, you know, I did a camp in South Korea. That was a, a great one. I created one for an army base. I did one in Germany. That was phenomenal. Uh, Elko, Nevada, they are, they're a youth program, Elko Junior Tackle Team. Um, they are, they, they keep, they, they bring me out for a whole week, me and my team. We come out for a whole week and we do everything from practice visits to multiple camps, to tackle camps, to special teams camps. You know, and then they got juniors, rookies. They have a lot of a lot of players in that thing. Uh, you know, Knox, Indiana. I was in Australia last year for 14 days for one of the states. I actually built a coaching accreditation program for them, and then the whole country found out about it, and it was so popular they decided to let me expand with the out with the outline. And like again, if it wasn't for Kevin Wilson and Darren Mitchell and the GA board, this wouldn't have been possible. And uh, but yeah, that's I mean. Getting to Australia was beautiful, but all those other countries I said, and Sweden, I didn't do a camp in Sweden. I coached in Sweden for the USA team in 2010, the women's team, but that, that was beautiful too, you know, in my travels and things like that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. I got a haircut the other day and I'm sitting in the seat and we're just talking about the way things are going right now. And, um, you know, this, you just reminded me of this when you're talking about all these countries and places that you've been to that are fun places to visit and, you know, supportive people, you know, and you feel like you're doing good work. And we were talking while, while I was getting a haircut and I'm like, yeah, you know, so we canceled this vacation in April and then, you know, my kid's birthday happened and we're just doing, you know, drive-by celebrations and stupid, you know, stuff like that, that, uh, wasn't, what is it? Wasn't as much fun as it normally would be. And then in the fall, my kids are both doing remote learning. And I was like, you know, it's really tough to, find a positive spin on this right now. Like I usually am the type of person who's like, but you know, uh, that being said, this is all going to go away. Have you, is there anything positive that you can take from this whole thing? Like, have you, have you found anything that you're like, all right, well, even though this last year was a little weird, uh, here's what's going to happen in the future. Uh, you know, with, with everything going on, you know, I, I would say is this, we, we don't know what we, we have never been alive when this pandemic happened. Right. I mean, not like before, because in 1918, the Spanish flu came out around that time. And we all had to wear, they all had to wear masks back then. Right. I don't know if you knew that, but that's like a little history thing for you. Right. Yeah. And I think by learning, 
one, I wish we would have learned from our mistakes back then, but we kind of didn't, you know what I mean? And with everything going on, with everything going on in the world, you know, I think we just need to give everyone a virtual hug in a way because <laughs> yeah. we can't hug anybody. Like I couldn't come and hug you or if, if a guy picks the ball off and I'm up in the box and I run down downstairs after the game and I'm hugging players, you can't really do that anymore, right? No, yeah, you see um, it on TV and you're like, they shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, the mental health, you know, taking care of yourself, doing something, you know, they, they say when you go to college, people gain the freshman 15, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now we got the quarantine, how much we gain during the quarantine <laughs> or how much we lose weight. Right. I mean, the biggest thing is take care of yourself. You know, if you have kids, you know, get have them do something, draw, if you're, you're going to play video games because you played video games when you were younger and play them again or you know, things like that, or listen to a podcast like your, yours podcast. Mine, mine only happen like once a month, you know, or once or two months because I'm so busy. Yeah. But like, listen to that stuff on a daily, on a, on a weekly basis or whatever. It's something that just take care of yourself because at the end of the day, if you're not, then what's going to happen is it's going to spread and then it's going to other places, your job, your spouse, your kids, you know, just be a better person. You know, I don't want to say be a role model. Like we say it all the time, but it, it's, we're not used to it. And that's the thing, like the high school kids and my kids in, for a great example, they weren't ready for that. No more play dates, right. With the little kids. Yeah. How can you tell a five-year-old, sorry, sweetie, you can't go over to your friend's house because of this, right. you know, it's so hard to explain. And you don't know it's when like, it's going to end either. I mean, that's no. the hard part. You don't. And then here's the thing, like, you know how people are like, don't wear a mask, wear a mask, whatever. At the end of the day, if you, if you help the solution with not, let's say wearing a mask is what you're supposed to do. And I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it isn't, you know, that's what we have to do. We have to wear a mask at school. And I think it's great. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's telling a kindergarten kid, like my five-year-old, how to wear a mask for a whole day when they didn't do it before. Right. Cause they were at home. So like me and my wife, we came up with ideas or tips and tricks about, hey, you know, wear your mask while you're playing video games, wear your mask when you went outside and things like that. Just by taking care of yourself, worrying about taking care of your mental health and trying to prep them for it, 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 helped, it helped me immensely grow. You know, besides being a teacher and a coach, I learned a lot just by like coming up with a hobby. Like I, I would go biking every day when I don't have school, mm-hmm. I go biking every day. I go yeah. out for an hour, I bike, I come back, I make my phone calls. It's kind of like I was going to practice and I'd come back when I didn't when, I, when we didn't have practice because my wife knew I wanted to go to practice. I wanted to do this. She saw she saw I was eating me alive, but you know, at the end of the day, she she sat me down and said, "Listen, we're healthy. We're doing this. We're doing all this stuff right." And you know, that's the thing we all have to do. These coaches' wives that we have, or any wife that or you're married to, significant other. You got to just put your arm around them and say, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I don't know about, I don't know about you, Dan, but I don't mean to cut you off, but I love it when I like my coaches, my younger coaches that I coached or my younger players that are coaches. Now I, I always send them during this pandemic. I, I send them a little picture with a baby on it and mm-hmm. the baby shirt says parents did not stay six feet apart. <laughs> so there's going to be so many COVID babies now, I think going on, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yep. I think you're right about that. That's funny. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing, you know, like my kids have been, um, for the most part, 
I have two, and I think it, I think it would be really hard with one, you know, where like you know you're you're supposed to stay at home, and it's easy to say that, you know, to be like, hey, you know, just wait this out, stay at home. But there's a a big social aspect to it. Like you can do the remote learning. I think it's fine, and uh, but you know, yeah, you worry about the kids for being cut off from kind of society, and 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 like we're reading the news, we kind of see what's happening. Yeah. And uh, we're like, okay, we wear a mask, and but there's there's no, you know no end in sight for the kids. They're like, oh, what do I have to go to school and wear masks for six hours straight? You can't take your mask off in the building. Like, it's a it's a whole different thing. But um, I don't want to I don't want to get too far in the weeds on that. Yeah, it's exactly. not that fun to talk about. But uh, um, in terms of writing a book, like what what inspired you to do that, and then to continue to pump these out, like you said, you got. I think, it, what is it, a 12-book series at this point? Uh, I'm at 13. 13. And I have, I, well, I'm sorry, 14. And I just finished two more books that weren't coming soon. Because I have two coming soon, a, a strength and conditioning one, and then a coaching secrets book. But I just recently wrote two more books that will be out probably in the next couple of weeks. I just haven't announced it yet. So I'm just working on the fine details. With it. I don't want to go into what they are. But they, they, they are like my other ones. And I think coaches will actually like them because i get a lot of youth coaches a lot of college coaches a lot of high school coaches a lot of overseas coaches go hey we love your stuff and Mm -hmm. you know the the aspect behind this is and we talked about this earlier before the podcast you know i have a disability and um i'm not going to go into what it is but you know even though every man's adhd i'm not adhd right (laughs) so uh but uh i do have a i do have a disability and uh when i when i was younger you know people will say you know you're just a dumb jock and things like that and what happened was I wrote down everything I ever learned or anything I like, like say if a coach gave me something, I, I tweaked it and I put it in my little notebooks and things like that. And recently, like back in 2017, I got let go from a big company and uh, you know, my wife goes, Hey, clean out this room and things like that. And then all of a sudden these youth programs kept like, you know, Hey, we want to use you. We want to get you back. We want to get you back. We like you doing stuff because you're like fun and excitement. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And I took my wife's advice and my wife said, you know, why don't you start a company? And that's how Coach Stone Football started. And the reason because the camp started, my wife's like, well, do you mind cleaning out the walk-in closet? Well, the walk-in closet had all my notes. And I mean, this walk-in closet, Dan, was filled to the brim with mm-hmm. all drills, things like that. And what I did was everything that was mine, I took it and I just built it into a thing. And the first book could only be 600 pages. So the, the green book was 582, 83, 81 pages. It's around. And I wrote over a hundred drills in there and I put a lot of stuff in there, like philosophies and like my why and things like that and had reflections. And then like anybody that buys a book, if you review it or, and send me a picture, I, I send you bonus content of every book I have, except like, you know, maybe the, the quote book that just recently came out. And what happened was, I wrote the book and then my wife's like, well, you better write more volumes because you have overall, you have this whole other area to clean out. So I, I, that's what I've done. I mean, I've cleaned out the whole walk-in closet from all these books and there's over 2,900 pages of stuff I have, you know? So that's how that all came about with writing the books and things like that. I mean, I don't know if that's successful or a great story, but that's how it all came about. I think, yeah, I think it's successful. Anytime you can publish a book, and get organized enough to put it in a way 
that a publisher a publisher will get behind it and people will read i mean that's that's a huge accomplishment and to do 12 or 13 now you said that's that's amazing. Uh, 14. 14, 14 right me. now, and there'll be there'll be a total of 20 total. I'm, I'm retiring at 20. There you go. <laughs> if, I, if I go anymore, I'm not going anymore than 20. So my wife, like, she, like, it's funny because we always talk and things like that. And she's like, you know, it's like the motivational book that just came out, right? It came out a couple weeks ago, and yeah, it was already like 69th in football books. And I, I was appreciative of all the coaches that bought it. And, you know, on Twitter, and I, I tag you guys in it all the time, right? On Twitter... Yeah. And stuff, you know, I, I always want to like give back, you know, I'm always about growing the game and, you know, I, my wife and I, we sat down one time and we're talking about all this stuff. She's like, we should do motivation Monday and technique Tuesday and wisdom Wednesday and tackle Thursday and fundamental Friday. And, and I was like, no, no, babe, let's not like, I mean, that sounds good. And, 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 and my wife's like, you know what, that does sound good. Let's do it. And then I'm like, you know, okay, let's do it. And then we did it. And, I did it for a while and then I stopped. And then when this whole pandemic came start and we got football cut in August, you know, I started doing them every day and I do them every day now, no matter what I told my wife, that's one thing I'm going to do every morning, do this and, and make it and ship it out. And then uh, one coach contacted me. He's like, Hey, you should write a book for this. So I did that. And, you know, I think he was one of the first ones that bought one. I think I, so I appreciate him doing that. Yeah. So. And it's amazing. You have such an, uh, uh, supportive wife i guess in that respect because it it takes time outside of everything else that you're doing with the camps and coaching and it's probably um you know you're not probably around as much or able to at least engage with the five kids at home when you're writing books but good for her to support you yeah. in that endeavor that's awesome it's and, a, and what's funny is though what's writing the books when i'm on the plane or when i'm traveling i would write them then I, I didn't really do them when I'm at home or when the kids are sleeping or we're watching TV. That's when I write them. I, I, when I'm, when I'm at home, I like, unless we're doing this right now. Right. I just heard my kids came in just now. Right. Cause they, all of them just got back from school. This is when like, this is the time where I shut everything down. It's all about them right now, especially with no football right now. It's all about them. So I try not to do any of that book stuff. Yeah. Unless they're in bed and things like that, if that makes sense. No, it does. I, I won't keep you too much longer. I, no, I, I you're, don't fine. Want to take, you're fine. I don't want to take. You're fine. They 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 let me do this because they said I didn't have football today, so don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> I did want to ask about your playing experience. So you were a quarterback. Um, yes. At the at the high school or college level too, or how far did you take it? So the story behind that is so the whole it's it's like a fairy tale in a way, right? So in middle school. Uh, in like elementary, I was, I, I couldn't play quarterback because my parent, I don't know if any other coach had this issue, right? Cause this is what happened to my brother too. My brother played quarterback in high school. Okay. And he could like, he would, he only started like one game in his two or three year career because we would always go camping as a family on Friday night. So, or right after the game on Friday, we would go camping on Saturday. Well, the head coach where he, my son, my brother played they would never let him start because he would miss Saturday practice. So then I started playing quarterback when I was a freshman in high school. At that time, I don't know why my parents did it, but my dad decided to like, you know, he's like, okay, we won't go on Saturdays, blah, blah, blah. But my high school didn't do Saturdays practices. So I started my freshman year uh, at quarterback at Revis High School in Burbank, Illinois. And then I was very fortunate to get some division one offers and division two offers. I decided to take a division two offer in Benedictine, Atchison, Kansas. 
And then what happened was something didn't pan out. Something happened. And I decided to go to Loris College, played four more years there because I broke my ankle in half. Because the first year I transferred in, I actually played in the game. And I, I went in for the senior quarterback and I drove us down the field and I went to audible and uh, I couldn't audible and the blitz came in and the guy literally snapped my ankle in half. I tried to stand on it. I couldn't do it. And I came back and I set some records that have been broken now at Loris College. And then after that, I became, it was a funny story. My last Loris College game was at a high school uh, against Warburg because Warburg was just getting turf at the time in Iowa and we were at their high school. I, I didn't play my senior year. And what happened was uh, one of the quarterbacks was gonna like that we were getting beat by them a lot and they wanted to bring this transfer quarterback in and the transfer quarterback goes, no, let, let's don't play. So I went in, I drove us all the way down the field and it was funny because at the end of the day, cause I was hurt my senior year. That's why I didn't play uh, right after the game. I'm shaking hands. And I see coach Bill Deasing coming towards me. And he actually asked me if I was interested in a college coaching job. Hmm. And it was at Rockford University, Rockford College, now Rockford University. And then I played there. And then I had a trial for indoor football. Didn't make those when I was a college coach. Dad got diagnosed with cancer. I played indoor football with the Rockford Raptors. And then that's, that's my coaching career. When I got done with them, I actually coached the indoor team. So hmm. that's, that's, that's my Nori in a nutshell. And I met my wife at the Rockford college and five kids later, and I'm still in Rockford, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I played every level. I, I played indoor professional, got paid. I was a teacher at the time. So I was working two jobs. I was being a teacher and then I would go to practice. I played college football and I played high school football. I, 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 I never played quarterback at the, uh, at the lower levels because my dad, we went camping all the time. So they wouldn't let me. Now, did you have, did you have the experience of being the quarterback and, you know, kind of being the big man on campus or, or like, how did, how did it work for you coming through as a quarterback? I, I know at my high school football was a big enough deal where, you know, quarterback, of the football team was huge. You were homecoming King, you, you know, that all, that all yeah. happened. What about you? No, I was, I didn't want to be homecoming King, honestly. You know, I, I, I was, I think, you know, they say quarterbacks have egos and things like that. And maybe people think I have now, but I try to be more humble than I was back in the day. Uh, high school. I thought I was very humble. Uh, I, I know when, when you, when you break those college records in college and I, you know how it is, Dan, they, it gets to you, right? People are like, Oh, you're, you know, you're coach, you're Anthony stone, blah, 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 this, blah, blah, that, and this stuff and that stuff. And it probably got to me, but, I would say like in high school, I was that person where never went to, never went to house parties after games. Uh, I was there to get an education. My parents were very strict. When I went to college though, I'll tell you this right now. I, I remember being on that phone call with my dad when I found, when he found out my first quarter grades in Kansas, he was not happy at all, you know, but I did turn it around and I got a 2.5 and then I was able to transfer out at some, at, at the end of the year. Cause I stayed there the whole year. Um, but, um, you know, I, I tried to be humble. I know when I went to BC in Kansas, I know I had a chip on my shoulder. Guarantee you that. But like I would say, if anyone that's a high school football player listening to this, realize this. When you go from being all conference, all area, all person in your high school, when you go to college and you're a scholarship athlete like I was, they're, they're all that. 
you see what I'm saying, Dan? All those players are all those players that they bring in, they're all that. Yeah, everybody's they good. The same, they every yeah, everyone's good. I remember at BCN Kansas, you know, getting the whole red carpet treatment, you know, with the with the with the you know, the the rolling out the red carpet, you would say. And, you know, when I got the first day of camp, we had twenty-two quarterbacks. Twenty-two quarterbacks. And they they didn't have a starter because the guy, like, you know, the guy was really good, the guy that left. Um, and they had two sophomores and they had 20 freshmen. And I was very fortunate. I was one of like three that still survived at the end of the season. You know, all the other ones went to different positions. The other ones were hurt. Other ones like that. I remember Stewart and I were the, the main two at the freshman level. The only problem with me, I don't know if you know this, Dan, I'm a lefty. Oh, so no, I didn't know that. I, I was the first lefty ever to go to that school. That's that's their thing they told me. I don't know if they were lying to me. You know what I'm saying? You know how sometimes college coaches will, will, will like, talk you up, right? They're like, oh, if you come to BC in Kansas, you'll be the first lefty ever. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm like to my dad, I'm like, this is awesome. And then my dad wanted me to go to Tri-State or St. Francis or something like that. He's like, and he's like, well, these guys, these guys are offering to starting jobs or this and that and this and that. And I, I'm like, dad, I just want to compete and go for it. You know what I mean? And I, I was very competitive and I still am. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you know, it was just one of those things where I, I just, if you got to make sure you just stay focused. If you do have that chip on your shoulder, you better make sure that chip is as good as you say you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. So go into the weight room. I was religious about going to the weight room. You know, I don't do that now with five kids. And that's like, if you ask me like, what's one thing I do a lot less workout. Because mm-hmm. I I have to like I, I I can't. There's like it's it's playing zone defense at home with my wife. Right. Yeah. Me and my wife are playing zone defense every day at home, and it's extremely hard. So working out was definitely one of those things that stopped, especially after I got done playing indoor football. Because I actually hurt myself so bad, where I ripped the pectoral muscle out Oof. while I was trying out for the indoor team. Yeah, you can't do do much so, on the bench press after that. That's for sure. No, I'm I'm done now. So, but I still can throw. <laughs> It was my bad arm. Oh, okay. That's good. Well, uh, coach, it's been, it's been great talking to you. That was a, you made some, uh, interesting point. I, I remember visiting a buddy that I, I played with in high school when he was in college and like picking his, trying to pick his brain on everybody on the team. Like, well, is that kid good? Is this kid good? Is it? And he's like, everybody is good ever. And you, you just kind of made that point that made me think of, um, you know, college is totally different from high school. Cause you're not, I mean, you might have weaknesses compared to the other team in certain spots, but mm-hmm. you're not going to look at a guy and be like, oh, yeah, I don't know how he got here. Like, everybody was recruited, and every, there's a reason everybody's there. So, um, yeah. But, Coach, I'm going to uh, – let me give let me give our listeners your website because um, – Sure. It's www.coachstonefootball.com. You can get back to the Basics Football Drill Manual. There's a 14-book series on that site and then follow coach stone at coach underscore stone underscore mt on twitter coach really appreciate you taking the time you've been a great guest we should get together one of these weeks we should stream a game and then talk about it afterwards or do something like that but we definitely want to have you on here again you've been a great guest well thank you i'm sorry if i like talked a lot about myself i do apologize i think if you're out there and you're with your pandemic, I, I just want you guys to say, stay safe. And, you know, like I always say, lay, lay a foundation one thing at a time. You know, I usually say one drill at a time. 
Balea Foundation one thing at a time. So but thank you so much for having me today. All right. Thank you. And all the coaches can go to fnfcoaches.com to get podcasts like this or plenty of other content whenever you want. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you again next week. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.